Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The United Arab Emirates is considering creating one of the largest ever state-sponsored financial funds to spur renewable energy projects. And it plans to unveil the fund at this year's UN Climate Change Conference in Dubai. It's a notable scoop from Politico Zach Coleman and Carl Matheson, because the UAE is already drawing backlash for hosting the global climate talks, while also being one of the world's largest contributors of greenhouse gases. So today, Zach breaks down the details and massive scale of the fund, how it could relieve some political pressure for the UAE, and the major concerns and questions. It's Tuesday, August 22nd. The idea here is this would be a climate investment fund of sorts. This would be a managed fund to invest in everything from greener cement making to solar panels to electric vehicle charging infrastructure. So this is a broader thing than just green energy. I mean, this is infrastructures, big projects. And for now, it seems as if these investments would mostly be on commercial terms. So this is going to private investors, getting people interested in a project and getting them to give you a loan or some sort of terms that you could get from the broader marketplace as well. But we need trillions, not billions of dollars to go into transitioning our clean energy systems is the mantra that you hear all the time. So more money is good. But what this fails to capture so far, at least from what Carl Matheson and I were able to report, is how much of this money would be what is known as concessional finance, which is favorable terms for countries that have a harder time getting cheaper finance from the private sector. These are like middle-income countries, low-income countries that really, if you want to solve climate change, you're going to have to find ways to funnel investment into these countries because their emissions are projected to grow, whereas emissions in the European Union, the US are projected to decline over the next couple of decades. So this is a really big question of can the UAE design a fund that also addresses concerns about getting finance to markets that are traditionally left out of or difficult to invest in. Got it. And then just to the scale of what we're talking about here, I mean, one person familiar with the concept called it eye-popping to you. So, I mean, what are we talking about here as far as just the sheer scale and also the novelty is or not of kind of what they're potentially going to do here? Yeah. I mean, we heard this number $25 billion quite often. And at some point, you start to think, well, that's a lot of money for one. But two, we don't exactly know the broader scale of this is not yet defined. But $25 billion would be one of the largest state-backed funds for addressing climate change ever. This, as we understand, would be going around to countries with large sovereign wealth funds. So these are state-managed pension funds or investment funds that they're trying to get a return on investment. They're trying to make money for the people in the countries that these funds are parked. So The UAE, as we understand it, has approached institutions in Singapore, Norway, Denmark, Canada. These are all places with large sovereign wealth funds about this idea. And we reached out to those institutions. No one 
got back to us or they did not confirm that these conversations were taking place. But this is a huge untapped reservoir of finance to bring these sovereign wealth funds into play because so many Middle Eastern nations, which are not at this point contributors to climate finance at a major level, could be brought into play here. The UAE has enormous sovereign wealth funds. Saudi Arabia, the same thing. I mean, this is kind of the idea here. And it could be transformational to get this kind of money into the system. But there is, again, so this question of how are you going to provide finance for places that are traditionally riskier to invest in? And how could creating this fund, if it were to happen, relieve political pressure for the UAE? Uh, Yeah, they've obviously faced a lot of negative press about the fact that Sultan Al-Jabbar is president of the COP coming up. He is also the head of the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, which he has overseen investment in renewables through that position. He also created Mazdar, which is the UAE's renewable energy company. But there is this broad perception of conflict of interest. It is the head of an oil company for one of the largest per capita emitters in the world running the climate conference. So we saw some reactions on X, formerly known as Twitter, saying, nice step. However, this seems like greenwashing. And I think that that is an understandable reaction. But if this is a real fund that actually gets off the ground and we're talking $25 billion, which could then be leveraged to get more money into the system, it would be something significant. And two things can be true at the same time, that the UAE can bring money into the system to address climate change, but that there are also significant concerns about conflict of interest. Got it. And then how are advocates for less wealthy nations reacting to this potential fund? Do they see it as a win? Well, I think it's kind of like what I was saying earlier. They see it as it's helpful for the broader financial system to bring in climate finance, but they wonder how is this going to help my specific country and how is this going to bring finance into areas that the private sector has traditionally avoided? I mean, these are sovereign wealth funds that we're talking about putting money into the system. They want ROI. It's not necessarily transformative for low and middle income countries who have tried to go that route into the private sector and say, hey, these same players that you've struggled to get investment from are going to put in more money. So they want to see more favorable terms. And there are some options there that could work its way into this fund. I mean, you could end up not necessarily giving cheaper finance, but just more favorable payback periods. You could fix the interest rate on loans for a longer period of time. A sovereign wealth fund could end up taking a junior status in a multi-investor project, basically saying when payback happens, we won't be the first to get paid back. So that could actually bring in more finance to the system because the sovereign wealth fund is taking a riskier position. There are options here, but none of this has been finalized yet. So it'll be something that we're watching to see what kind of favorable terms end up making it into this fund. Also, the Biden administration has scrapped its plans to reconsider a Trump-era decision not to strengthen the national standard for ground-level ozone, drawing swift criticism from environmentalists. EPA Administrator Michael Regan said he has decided to end reconsideration of the Trump rule and instead will launch a new process. That process will likely take several years, 
moving any action until well after the 2024 presidential election. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.